Hey, everybody. Welcome to the back room. I'm Andy Ostroy. We have a great show for you today. Our pal, The Mooch, is back in the back room. Anthony Scaramucci. We'll get to Anthony in a second. But first, thank you for tuning in today. We appreciate you listening, and we'd love to hear your comments. So email us at backroomandy at gmail.com and or post on our social media, and we'll read some feedback next time. And if you like the podcast, please follow or subscribe and rate and review, and you'll be notified every time we post a new episode. So here's some feedback we recently received. On our first ever live audience podcast taping with Ruth Bengiat, somebody with the uh, handle SkiTel said, I just listened to a lengthy in-depth interview with Ruth Bengiat, a totalitarian scholar who I follow closely regarding the Trump authoritarian phenomenon. This segment is a great example of Ostroy's ability to get real in-depth discussion of the political and social issues facing us at this critical time in our history. Highly recommended. Well, thanks for the props, Ski. Uh, Steve Norton says, immensely informative. We need her voice more than ever. Thanks for giving her a platform. Jerome Partaz, this is a perfect distillation of the current GOP, and it pays to repeat these words whenever we talk about the GOP today. Rachel Rouse says, great event. Ruth is such an intelligent, thought-provoking speaker. More of these events, please. And on our conversation with New York Times columnist Pamela Paul, Shelley Frost writes, It was validating for me to listen to your interview with Pamela as her opinion about the Barbie movie mirrored mine. She assured me that I was not crazy and that the movie was bad, as bad as I thought it was. Michelle Manning Barish says, Barbie was kind of bad. Grateful, though, for its messaging attempts. I still think it mattered because we need more films made by women trying to send positive messages to girls. I also appreciated the messaging of boys and men. I'm just not sure how many actually watched it or took any of that seriously. It's a start, though. Yeah. A good movie should provoke conversation, discussion, right? That movie certainly has. Okay, let's get to our two big things. But, Andy, I think Elmo's waiting for you. Oh, right, right. Oh, we have a... Special, special cameo visit from Elmo today. Where is he? I'm out here, Andy. Well, get closer to the microphone, Elmo. How's this? Is this better? Oh, much better. Okay. So you've been in the news a lot this week. So let's start with Larry David. You were on the Today Show with Larry David, and Larry David was kind of got physical with you. What happened? Oh, Larry's a nice guy. You like Larry? No, I like Larry. I'm a Curb Your Enthusiasm fan. Really? What do you like about Curb Your Enthusiasm? Oh, it's just a lot of neurotic Jews. Elmo loved neurotic Jews. Do you know Elmo Jewish? Really? Yes. I went on that show recently where they trace your lineage, and Elmo's ancestors all Jewish. Okay, that's cool. You Jewish? I, I am, and I'm sitting here with Maddie and Jen, my co-producers, and uh, they're Jewish too. Wow, that's very exciting. So do you harbor any hostility to Larry, or what, what do you guys, how'd you leave it? I love Larry. In fact, I told Larry, David, that he should come on Sesame Street and we can have Larry the Grouch. Well, that would be a fun character. But what about this other thing that happened this week? You got into like a spat with some people online, on Twitter. Uh, Emma just want people to get along. But what happened? I, w- I woke up and tweeted. I said, everybody, I hope everybody doing good. And people were like, no, I'm miserable. Okay, but like you were just, I guess, trying to send like a positive message, right? Elmo want everybody to get along. But why do you think people aren't getting along? Well, I think it's because Republicans are douchebags. So you're on Twitter? Yeah. What do you think of uh, Elon Musk? Oh, speaking of douchebags. All right, that's enough, Elmo. Thanks for coming in. Goodbye, Andy.
see you. I see you. Wow, I don't know what to make of that. Thank you, Andy, for giving me the opportunity to come here. Elmo loves you. La, 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 la. Elmo's word. So oh, sorry, back room with Andy. That's Jen. That's Jen channeling her inner Elmo, something we didn't know existed. There's a lot to Jen we don't know. Just peel back the layers, people. Oh, we're peeling. We're peeling. We got her to do Elmo. Think about when we started this podcast a year and a half ago, almost two years ago. Yes. Did you ever think you'd be like doing Elmo impressions? Never. Never. <laughs> Neither did I. How I evolved. All right. So let's get to our two big things, the first of which is Trump and the election. I kind of have a problem, though, with the hardcore Taylor Swift fans. This is a little bit what idolatry I think, looks like, and you're not supposed to do that. In fact, if you look it up in the Bible, it's a sin. The Pentagon PSYOP unit pitched NATO on turning Taylor Swift into an asset. She's the perfect vehicle to go to those low propensity uh, white liberal women. We can do this as well. We don't have a Taylor Swift on our side, but you know who we have? We have Kid Rock, we have Ted Nugent, we have influencers, right? We have all these people, John Voight. They are so angry. So bitter, so full of rage over Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Why? Because they're, you know, two happy people in love. Love. Seems like love is something that Republicans these days are incapable of feeling and spreading. And talk about low propensity. We talk about the MAGAs, okay? And their worship of orange Jesus. I think it's because the Republicans so desperately want to have someone in pop culture that's relevant, and they have nobody, and they desperately- no, Whoa, 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 whoa. They've got Kid Rock, they've got the Nugent Meister, and they didn't mention this, but they have Scott Bio too. They do, and oh. I forgot to mention they were the three or five guys that played the piano at Trump's inauguration. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. They're big. Very famous and very successful. <laughs> uh, Taylor Swift is not even close to that. Nope. I don't even remember how many there were, but they're big. Do you think they have any idea how foolish and petty they sound? No, they have no self-awareness whatsoever. It's, it's true. No self-awareness. She's successful. She's a woman. She's not a Republican. They they really don't have anybody who's successful in Hollywood or in music or anything in culture. And that's why I think the way we solve the problem is... We need to create a sort of Republican Netflix and give them all a show, and they'll leave. Um, they'll leave politics. Doucheflix. Yes, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Trump uh, uh, this week, uh, he was asked a question. That's a very simple question. Are you thinking of potentially trying to use campaign money to pay some of those penalties that you that you might incur? In, what penalties? In the New York fraud case and the defamation case. I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, that's been proven as far as I'm concerned. Okay. A, that's not the fucking question she asked you. B, uh, no, it was actually proven that you are a fraud and a rapist. And C, are you really going to pretend you don't remember the $83.3 million judgment just a week ago? What, what penalties? What penalties? The ones that are keeping you up all fucking night. That's what penalties. If it ain't broken, don't fix it. Deny, deny, (laughs) deny. Denial ain't just a river, baby. For sure. His base, that was a perfect answer for his base. Perfect. Great. He's got his base. They're going to vote for him. And they're going to give him money that he'll give to But everybody else, the other part, 
the part of his base that's already left him, the part, the, the independents, the moderate Republicans, that shit doesn't work with them. It doesn't work with them. You see, we see the results coming out of New Hampshire. He's, he's losing the independents. He's losing the moderate Republicans. His base is shrinking, as is his, his campaign coffers. It's important for people to hear this. Andy is feeling optimistic. Beyond. So, like, this is a good sign for February. Uh, to sort of paraphrase uh, Alan Greenspan, I'm kind of irrationally exuberant. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I am, because it just, it, I'm tired. Here's the thing, Jen. Yep. Let me, let me just break it down for you. Please do. I am tired of having my innards dominated by the Trump noise, by the MAGA mania, okay? Uh, the squeaky wheel always gets the grease. I'm not going to give them the grease anymore. Now, this doesn't mean that I think we're going to coast to victory. I think Democrats can, can show this fucker the door again if they get off their ass and vote, okay? There's, there's no entitlement here. It ain't going to happen by its own. And you Gen Zers out there, you millennials, uh, you know, you, vo- you guys vote typically, like in the last election, 30% of you <clears throat> under 30 voted. You got to get out there in way bigger numbers. I mean, there's so much at stake. The climate change, the environment, gun violence, choice, saving democracy. I mean, if this election isn't about the issues that matter most to young people, you guys got to get out and vote. Old people got to get out and vote. Everybody else got to get out and vote. So if we do that, there's no fucking way Trump wins. Period. End of story. His base is eroded. He's running out of money. His PACs are in in a deficit. Uh, We see that this week. He spent $50 million last year of donor money on legal expenses. I thought he was a billionaire. I thought he's super rich. So one of two things is happening here. How many, Jen, how many, do we have any Republicans left listening to this thing? You know, it's interesting. We have five. We're back up to five? <laughs> yes. Awesome. Okay. All right. Look, all the L5, you got to sit down right now and listen to me because this is really, really important. One of two things is happening here. He's either a broke-ass liar who has no fucking money, which is why he has to tap you guys, the working class, to send him your five, your hard-earned five and 10 and 15, 20 bucks so he could pay his bills with your money. Or he's got a lot of money, and he's just playing you for suckers. Now, I'm not using my money on legal expense. I'll tap these morons, and they'll, they'll send me their hard-earned money. One of those two things is fact. So you decide, which is it? And when you figure it out, get fucking angry. Because you should, because he's playing you for morons. All right. Um, Biden on the warpath. Apparently privately tells people that Trump is a, quote, sick fuck. And that, quote, what a fucking asshole that guy is. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I love that, Biden. Hey, let me tell you something, folks. That guy's a sick fuck. <laughs> no, no, I mean that. Yeah, I mean it, folks. He's a fucking asshole. Wouldn't you love to see that yes, Biden rally? 100%. <laughs> Um, and Haley getting tough, but not tough enough, right? She's still skirting that thing. She can't like, it's like, this is Haley in a nutshell to me. Like Donald Trump would be the worst president ever, but I can't really tell you why. I'm not going to mention the indictments. I'm not going to mention the 91 felony counts. Certainly not going to mention rape. 2028. She's running 2028. Get your toes out of the water. 
Get your toes out of the water and just jump the fuck in. What do you have to lose? She's going to have to win the primary in 2028. And if you alienate the Trump base, you don't win the primary in 2028. Yeah, so no, I know simple. you keep saying that, and you might be right. Okay. She does both sides, though. She also says that Biden is old. So, you know, there is some equivalent. Yeah. You know, she's not just— Oh, for sure. Right? So, But that's her way of not going the full Trump. Correct. You yeah, but know? the thing is that in 2028, when she's primaried by crazy MAGA people— they're going to play every clip she ever said about Trump over and over and over again. That's if they're alive. <laughs> I mean, you know, Jim Jones Trump could have them drinking the cyanide by then. They might not be around. Maybe that's her plan. She's just waiting for the cyanide to be passed around. <laughs> that's not out of the question. No. It's not out of the question. All right, the next big thing, the economy which we don't have to spend a lot of time on, but we just have to continue to give Biden and Bidenomics props because this economy is on fucking fire. It is on fire. All the leading economic indicators, be it the GDP, unemployment, job creation, interest rates are coming down, inflation is down uh, to around 3%, gas prices and used car prices, health insurance costs, costs of appliances and smartphones, those are all down. Those prices are down. Where we're still struggling with is, is housing and food prices. But interestingly, in the Washington Post today, the, uh, they explain it as such, quote, grocery prices remain elevated due to a mixture of labor shortages tied to the pandemic, ongoing supply chain disruptions, droughts, avian flu, and other factors far beyond the administration's control. Robust consumer demand has also fueled a shift to more expensive groceries, and consolidation in the industry gives large chains the ability to keep prices high. So basically what we have is fucking greed, corporate greed. Corporate greed and some other factors still stemming from the pandemic, but overall, the cost of goods and services in this country is way down. The stock market is out of control, so anybody who has a retirement savings account, which at least half the country does, this economy is on fire. I just think there's incredibly bad messaging in getting that out. So my question is, I'm not saying this facetiously, what's the Biden government doing about promoting this on TikTok, on social media? Somebody has to get out. Some young person has to be like, people, wake up. The economy is amazing because blah, blah, blah. I don't know. You, there has to be some different kind of messaging. We need people who can put it in very... Simple terms. Mm -hmm. Phineas, if you're out there, like, you know, oh, people like that. Yes. To say, guys, the economy is great. Yeah, I, I think for uh, many people, they're still hurting for various reasons. And the media that they're listening to is not going to be telling them anything that's true. And they're not getting the information from anybody else. So it's hopeless in a way. Yeah, well, to your point, not only that, but the media they listen to is telling them that Biden is destroying America. Mm -hmm. But two thirds of people listen to other news, and that other news is is not necessarily from Fox or right. you know the right. So other outlets need to promote bite size positivity, and the Biden group has to think outside the box. People yeah. are getting their news from social media and TikTok. It's cray cray, but, but that's how it goes. <laughs> so if this economy stays the way it is throughout the year, which it's going to, I mean, we've had our soft landing. There isn't going to be a recession. All industries, from retail to entertainment to travel, auto, are, are, they're on fire. They're doing really well. And so 
when November comes around and people go vote, to your point, the two-thirds or whoever, that's what I base my prediction on, that there's very little that I see from a majority of Americans to go into that voting booth and go, nah, we got to get rid of this Biden guy. Because you take that, and then you combine it with the sociopath dictator wannabe. It's like, it's a no-brainer. They're going to they're gonna vote for Biden. Not everyone will, but I just don't see the needle moving on the numbers from 2020 in 24. I mean, it's going to be all about enthusiasm. I don't think they're going to be voting for Trump. It's just how many people get out to vote. And we're going to learn this Saturday whether there is enthusiasm, because that's where we're going to see when Biden is in the primary in Iowa, uh, who comes out and how many come out. Mm -hmm. And that's going to tell us, uh, or at least give us a glimpse of what we can look forward to. Mm -hmm. Let's get through our winners and losers. My winner, I can't believe I'm saying this, Iran, for suggesting it doesn't want war after U.S. warning over drone attack. My loser, the GOP members of the House Homeland Security Committee, for sending the impeachment articles to the full House for a vote without producing evidence that Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas committed a crime or actions of corruption. My loser this week is Senator Tom Cotton. At a Senate hearing on child safety and social media, he repeatedly asked racist questions of the CEO of TikTok, Shoji Chu, if he had, quote, ever been a member of the Chinese Communist Party. He happens to be from Singapore, but that didn't matter because all Asians are apparently the same to Tom Cotton. My winner, because this is also Groundhog Day, I'm going to have the same winner I had last week, which is Bidenomics. The labor market just this morning added 353,000 jobs in January, far more than expected, and a sign that the economic growth remains really vigorous. My winners, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, for driving right-wing freaks crazy because they're wildly popular, cool, and successful, and not Republican. My loser, Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley, who on the holdup of the tax relief bill shamelessly said the quiet part out loud with, I think passing a tax bill that makes the president look good, mailing out checks before the election, means he could be reelected. All right, it's time for the weekly rant. This is an open letter to MAGAs. Look, I don't care if you absolutely love Donald Trump. I don't care if you think he should be president again. I don't even care that you piously worship him as your orange Jesus. But you need to stop pretending that you and your party represent anything even remotely resembling what the GOP used to be, what it used to stand for. What you are now is not only historically unrecognizable, but, to borrow from my girl Hillary, deplorable and dangerous. You're not the party of faith and family values. You're not the party of law and order. You're not the party of fiscal responsibility. You're not the party of national security. And you're not the party of patriotism. No, not while you pledge undying cultish fealty to a sadistic, serial-sinning, corrupt traitor. Not while you rack up $8 trillion in debt. Not while you laugh at the mocking of an old man's brutal beating. Not while you laugh at the mocking of a disabled person. Not while you want a rapist to be president again. Not while you condone the beating and killing of cops, the defunding of the FBI, and think Trump should be able to use the military to assassinate his opponents without prosecution. Not while you demean and degrade our independent judiciary and Department of Justice. Not while you attack our free and open media. Not while you call incarcerated insurrectionists hostages. Not while you empower our enemies and alienate our allies. 
not while you flirt with fascism and fantasize about dictatorship. So just call it what it is. You're angry. Angry that white people, white men, have lost a grip on the prestige, privilege, and power you've had when, quote, America was great. Because that's all, quote, make America great again really is, isn't it? It's to make America white again, male again, straight again. When blacks were in their place, women were in the kitchen, immigrants were in the fields, and gays were in the closet. So just embrace who you are, own it, be proud, but don't hide behind bullshit, because we see right through your bullshit. Okay, it's time for the mooch, Anthony Scaramucci. He's the founder and managing partner of global investment firm Skybridge, and founder and chairman of SALT, a global thought leadership forum and venture studio. Prior to founding Skybridge in 2005, Scaramucci co-founded investment partnership Oscar Capital Management, which was sold to Newberger Berman in 2001. Earlier, he worked at Goldman Sachs & Company. He's a member of the Council on Foreign Relations and a board member of the Federal Enforcement Homeland Security Foundation and the author of five books. And he's best known for the 11 roller coaster days he served in the Trump White House as communications director after having served on Trump's finance committee and then on his presidential transition team. Anthony, welcome back into the back room. It's great to be here, Hey, Thank you. So we have to talk about the most important thing in the country right now, and that is Taylor Swift. What do you make of this lunacy, Anthony? I, I, I think we're getting there in terms of the insanity. And what I mean by that is you get to the point where, okay, it's a little bit too much. As an example, I have Baptist friends, Trump is signing Bibles. Okay, he's got the magic marker in his hand and he's signing the Bible. And I think there are some, you know, evangelicals and Baptists that are like, okay, that's a little bit too much for me. And so now we're in the point where we're concocting right-wing conspiracies related to Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I think it was like, you know, that, that probably is a little bit too much for me. And so what's happened is these, uh, these uh, ratings are narrowing now, uh, whether it's Newsmax, OAN, or Fox News. You know, they're selling catheters and like walkers in the commercial interruptions because people are old white people. And so their thing is narrowing. And so they have to amp up the nonsense even more to get people to tap into it. And so what's happening is they're about to jump the shark. And so mm -hmm. I'm an old guy. I'll just give that reference to your younger listeners and viewers. So uh, there was a great show called Happy Days. It was on the air for almost mm -hmm. 10 years. They ran out of ideas, and one of their ideas was to have uh, Arthur Fonzarelli, played by Henry Winkler, 45 years ago, in his leather jacket, jump a shark in Hawaii while water skiing. Mm -hmm. Okay, and this became a phrase, jump the shark. Okay, mm -hmm. that was it. People looked at it. They shut the show off. They never watched it again, and the show got canceled. So they're about to jump the shark with Taylor Swift because they're – they're acting so insane. Now, you know, I'm on Wall Street a long time. I know uh, her dad, okay, who is a very successful FA, uh, and I know the family, and this is a great family, and she's a very, very hardworking person, and I would encourage anybody to watch this documentary of her tour mm -hmm. last year, which 
was absolutely spectacular, but you get some insight to, into how hard of a worker she is. Mm-hmm. And uh, and by the way, they have traumatized her on the left and they traumatized her on the right. You had this, you know, the situation with Kanye West. And then if you remember, he he baked her name into a few of his lyrics, which mm-hmm. was very insidious. Now you have the AI stuff going on where they're showing nudity of her, which doesn't exist, mm-hmm. but it's being AI generated. And so, you know, I feel it for her because she's a young woman. She's a beautiful young woman. She's a phenomenal performer. And let her have her life, you know, let her enjoy herself. But these mm-hmm. these right-wing guys, you know, I, I, I feel terrible saying this, but I sort of want them to do what they're doing because they're going to force a conclusion for independence and normal people say, okay, wait a minute, this is really crazy, insane at this point. And mm-hmm. so, yes, in 20% of the country be insane, I'll accept that. 25% mm-hmm. of the country be insane, sure. But not 100%, not 51% mm-hmm. of the country. But while I'm talking to you, economy's booming yes. under Joe Biden. Yes. Booming. So, guys, what do you want to do? You want to have a terrible economy and you want to bring an orange maniac back into the White House it's going to rip the country to shreds and try to get us to hate each other because he hates himself. Is that what you want to do? Or do you want to try to seek a return to normalcy and more community mm-hmm. and less tribalism? I don't mean to make light of it, but it is a serious issue because it is connected to so much of what we've experienced in the past several years with toxic <clears throat> partisanship and, and the MAGA cultism. I mean, you've been around Republican circles for many years. You were inside the Trump White House, you know these people, you know how they think. What do you think is the underlying motivation to attack not just Taylor Swift, who is universally loved on the left and the right? Her fans are not just liberals, but also Travis Kelsey, who's one of the greatest football players ever on a championship team. What is at the root of this? Okay, so... Yes, I grew up in the Ronald Reagan era of the Republican Party. I'm also a New Yorker, so I've always been a moderate Republican. Okay, I was with Andrew Cuomo, who's a personal friend, grew up with him. I raised money for Republican senators who were helping to pass the Gay Rights Marriage, the Great Marriage Equality Act in New York, which led to, it was a precursor for the National Equality Act. So I am a Republican can't really say I'm a Republican anymore. So let me just describe what I am. I'm somebody that wants growth and innovation, a growing economy. I want a a muscular military because we have a lot of adversaries out there. I've read the presidential daily brief. I understand the adversaries. Uh, And, but I want a pro America, not an America first strategy because get an America first strategy. We're integrated into the rest of the world. Franklin Roosevelt understood this 80 years ago. It's even more important today than it was 80 years ago. So so that's me. Do I fit in any bucket anymore? I probably don't. I can't mm-hmm. call myself a Republican. I can't call myself a Democrat. You're not, not going to, you know, your viewers are not going to like this, but I'll share it anyway. Trump was actually the first rhino that I met. He is and was a rhino. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was a moderate Republican or a writer-leaning Democrat. He went to Elton John's wedding. Okay, and so when people were crapping all over him, I knew the guy. I said, "Okay, he's not going to do that. He's going to be a moderate guy." I got it wrong, Andy. I own it, though. You know, I, I got it wrong. Okay, I've made business decisions that were wrong. I've made political decisions that were wrong. But at least I'm a man 
where I can look at you or your viewers or listeners and say, hey, look, I got it wrong. Here's how I got it wrong. Uh, uh, I, I didn't see the malevolence, the full-on malevolence of Mr. Trump's personality. And I didn't see I want power no matter what. Ronald Reagan, uh, his staff, they went to him and said, hey, the John Birch Society, which is like an ultra-right group in the 80s, is endorsing. Reagan said, okay, well, wait, hold on a second. They're endorsing me. I'm not endorsing them. Mm-hmm. If they don't like, you know, if they don't like my views, here are my views. The American people don't like my views. I'm having a great life. I'm going to go back to Santa Barbara and cut brush at my ranch. But these are my views. They're not the John Birch Society views. Trump's view is what's going to get me elected is hate, divisibility, mm-hmm. white rage, attaching myself to people that feel disaffected in the society. I feel very bad for those people, by the way. But is that going to get me elected? Okay, I think that's actually going to get me elected. So I'm going to press every single button that will actually hurt the country, hurt the growth, the development, the cohesion of the American experiment, because the power is more important to me than anything else. But that doesn't make any so sense the, with the Taylor so the, Swift thing, though. But, but it does. Like, why Let piss off what? her she's and got, her base? She's got, hundred, she's got hundreds of millions of viewers and listeners. Mm-hmm. She went after Marsha Blackburn, mm-hmm. okay? And Marsha Blackburn narrowly won that election. Mm-hmm. And Marsha Blackburn is obviously afraid of her. She won't even respond to questions that they're given. Okay? Well, she talks nicely it, about her, actually. Yes, it, she, she does. Mm-hmm. Because if Taylor Swift turns the Swifties against Donald Trump, this is a very narrow... Elections, a narrow casted election for Donald Trump. Joe Biden's going to win the popular vote by eight to 12 million votes. But in these swing states, he only won last time by about 40 to 50,000 mm-hmm. votes. And Taylor Swift, okay, she, most of her formative years were in Pennsylvania. She's got a ton of Swifties. She could tilt the election. Right. If she makes a decision, hey, I'm for Joe Biden, and she goes to campaign for Joe Biden. She may lose some fans on the right, but she will tip the election. So Trump is trying to do an immunization of her with his base. He's trying Mm. to bash her skull so that he can get his base to realize she's just another part of the right, you know, the left-wing conspiracy. So you know, listen, you know, he's telling people these are Soros-appointed African-American DAs. Okay, is Mark, Merrow, Mark Meadows, is he a Soros-appointed African-American DA? He's a white Southerner the who ran the mm-hmm. Freedom Caucus. He's the chief witness in the insurrection case. Mm-hmm. So so this, this chant and this nonsense has many people, Andy, many people fully brainwashed. Okay, so the challenge right now in 2024, uh, we got to let go some of the people that are too far gone, but we got to get to these independents and we've got to get to people who say, I'm sorry, he's signing Bibles. I'm sorry, he's bashing Taylor Swift, who's universally liked, and she's a great performance artist. Mm. Can, we, can we not have this guy back in the White House wreaking havoc on the American society? Mm-hmm. When you look at where we are today with Trump and you look at all his crimes and misdemeanors and indiscretions, fraud and rape, two impeachments, four indictments, 91 felony counts, is it astounding to you to sit here and see him at the perch that he's at as the 
presumptive nominee of the Republican Party, leading by 30, 40 points over Nikki Haley. Is that just insanity to you? Or is that expected? So, did you so, believe, so, did you think this is where we yeah, yeah, oh, oh, Okay, so it's not to me, okay? And I want to explain this to your listeners, okay? It shouldn't be to me, and it obviously is to you, but it's not to me because I did 71 campaign stops mm. with Mr. Trump. And I'm telling you, if you go out of the urban areas and you get out of the coastal cities, the country is blighted, okay? We evacuated manufacturing. We lost 65,000 factories since the signing of NAFTA. There's 20 to 25% of the country uh, that 50, 60 years ago felt what they were blue collar aspirational. My dad, who I lost last September at age 88, God bless him, was a blue collar aspirationalist. He worked in a on a crane, but he believed one of his family members was going to go to college and live the American dream. My father didn't go to college, but this was an aspirational working class family that I grew up in. Andy, these people now are economically desperational. We went from economic aspiration to economic desperation. You can dislike Trump, but he did see this. The Democrats evacuated those people. The Republicans never tended to those people. Mm -hmm. These people that I met on Trump's campaign, they voted for Lyndon Johnson, their grandparents, or their great-grandparents voted for Franklin Roosevelt, or they voted for Jack Kennedy. But the Democrats left these people behind, okay? And so they don't like the establishment. They don't like the media. They don't like Wall Street. They don't like the vaccine, even though Trump supported the vaccine. They don't like any of this stuff mm -hmm. because they feel like they're losing out in a society and they feel that the system is rigged. In comes Trump as the avatar for their anger. He is an orange wrecking ball. He's going to demolish the system. He's going to take his orange face and crash it into the system. And that's good for me because the system is not working. Well, wait a minute. Trump has 91 indictments. He's raped people. He's, a, he's run a fraudulent business in New York City. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't care right. because he's representing me. You know, Joe Biden is not representing me. Hillary Clinton is not representing me. Barack Obama didn't represent me. But Donald Trump is representing me. Oh, by the way, and I tell those people, he's never done anything to help you. He hasn't. He hasn't come up with one policy directive mm -hmm. to help you. But, you know, I don't care. He's tweeting at Andy Ostroy. He's tweeting at Anthony Scaramucci. He's got them upset. Uh, they're part of the establishment. They're doing well with their lives. I'm not doing well with my life. And so I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. So, yes, I totally understand it. Um, but how do you break it? Mm -hmm. The only way you break it is you have to re-include those people in the society. You have to work on programs to right-size the education, improve the training. Is it policy or is it messaging? Because the policy seems to be there, and the policies seem to be working. I believe it's policy. The public K through 12 education system, Andy, is broken. Mm -hmm. um, if you're in, I can, if you tell me the zip code of the kid, I can tell you whether or not the kid can get a good public school education. Um, you, you know, I'm a big believer in equal opportunity. The country is rich enough to create a platform of equal opportunity for people. Mm -hmm. A good enough healthcare, uh, a good enough to great enough education. We're not doing that. It's very, very uneven. Um, I don't want equal outcomes, okay? I'm not a socialist. I, I, I am all for 
the Jeff Bezoses and the Elon Musk. Let them have their money. I could care less. Mm -hmm. I just want a kid that didn't choose his upbringing, didn't choose his family or the location of his birth. If he was lucky enough to be born in the United States, to have a platform of opportunity so that he can have aspiration like I did as a kid. You know, my, my parents had me believing, hey, man, do your homework, go to school, get a good job. Maybe you'll run your own business someday and you will live the American dream. I am telling you right now, we don't have those policies in place and we certainly don't have that messaging. Is the economy better? Yes, it is. Is Joe Biden doing a great job with the economy? Yes, he is. Is the CHIPS Act going to help the U.S.? You know, people forget the legislative achievements of Joe Biden. Okay, he's, uh, he's reshoring very important industries into the United States. Uh, and so will it be better? Yes, it will be. Mm -hmm. But do we need to break some of the public school educational monopoly? We do. We have, hey, guys, I'm sorry. You can't not teach the kid. You got to teach the kid or don't mm -hmm. be in the public school. Mm -hmm. How system. do you fix that broken public educational system? Okay, I just want you to think of it this way. We make movies when we attract the best people in the world to Hollywood or New York, and they make the movie. Yet in, in the educational system, it's all homegrown in the individual's town or local municipality. Imagine if we used all this great technology that we have, AI, uh, we used uh, Cisco WebEx, we used video uh, interactive programming, and we helped all of these public schools, particularly in these rural areas, okay, import some of the finest teachers and import some of the finest tutorial, okay? If you go to Kahan Academy and you look at the learning modules there, if we figured out a way to export that not just to smart, affluent people that will log on or have the internet access to go to that website. But if we imported the best practices into these public schools, mm -hmm. uh, you would dramatically improve the reading comprehension and dramatically improve the math levels. The teachers don't want it. Okay. They think it's, uh, it's crowding them out. Um, and the, the teachers unions don't want it. Uh, and I'm not against teachers' unions. My father was in a union, and I'm not against public school teachers. I'm for them, okay? I don't think that charter schools are nice ideas. You can't massively educate a large swath of the American population using charter schools. Mm -hmm. We have to have our governments, state and local, and even federal governments, work with the public educational system to improve the public educational system. Mm -hmm. And I would just say, you got to go back to uh, old practices from FDR and Lyndon Johnson, look back at what they were doing, which we're no longer doing, okay? And you have to revisit some of those practices to revitalize these schools that are not in the affluence of codes. It's it, funding, it, government funding, which historically the Republican Party doesn't want to go along with. So well, it's hard well, to it is, achieve those goals it, if the it, money it's isn't fun, there. It's funding. And, and, but, the, you know, listen, there are more independents and there are more Democrats registered. The Republican Party is a dying party. They, they have a 26% uh -huh. registration, 40-plus mm -hmm. for the independents, low 30s for the Democrats, 26 for the Republicans. This woman, Ronna Romney, 
who, who will not call herself Ronna Romney anymore because she's afraid of Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. She runs the RNC. Yeah, it's bankrupt. Okay. Almost bankrupt. Yeah, because who's going to give them money? Mm -hmm. What normal? Can they get $61 check from an aging white person that's angry at the society and they like the orange maniac? Yes. They're not going to get a, a, a $600,000 check. There's no normal person who's extremely affluent said, yeah, I really want to support hate mongering, tribalism, and racism. That's what I want to support. So let me write you a million dollar check to the RNC. Oh, who, who's doing that? So she's going to get a loan now. She thinks Donald Trump is the guy. She's going to get the loan uh, and so, so that well, the coffers will eventually open up when mm -hmm. he is the nominee and closing in on an electoral victory. But let me just point out to people, he lost a popular vote in 16. He lost a popular vote in 2020. He's never had an approval rating above 50%. Okay, so you are watching Fox News, or I don't know what you're doing. He's not going to beat Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. And Joe Biden, okay, is older. I'm not going to say otherwise. He's probably only got five or six good hours a day at his age in terms of his clarity. Okay, but Joe Biden is a moderate Democrat. He's not a lunatic. He's not a woke, left-leaning, radical Democrat. He's a moderate Democrat that has done a very good job stewarding the society, and and he's going to get reelected president. And you know what, Andy? I'm going to work for the guy. Okay, I'm going to raise him money. I'm going to give him money. I'm going to provide media advocacy. And, you know, I was at Duke University last night. I had some, like, you know, people upset with me when I described to them the importance of their democracy. When I said to them, your family has benefited from the flat, decentralized structure of the United States government. Your family has benefited from the predictability of our laws. No one person can usurp your liberty in this country. You want to move to a dictatorship, the trains will run on time for the first five years. Then the dictator starts taking power for him and his friends or her and his friends. You have a kleptocracy that takes place and an oligarchy, and then you lose the predictability of the law mm -hmm. and you destroy the society. Okay, Churchill was right. Democracy as a form of government is terrible. It's a terrible form of government until you consider all the other forms of government. So what and is the Republican sloppy... Party's flirting with this dangerous rhetoric and the flirtation you know with the fascism? Answer. It's crazy. Andy, you know the answer. The less white people. You want me, you want me to give you the playbook? Oh, we'll have it. The whites are in power. Yes, they are. Okay, good. We'll have a democracy. So we're going to have a circulating elite of white people that are running the democracy. Yes, we are. Okay, mm -hmm. no problem. We'll have a democracy. Wait a minute. Barack Obama just won an elect. He's a black guy. Yes, he is a black guy. Okay, well, wait a minute. The country is becoming more black and brown. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Okay, so you mean in a democracy, black and brown people could run the country mm -hmm. or sit in the Senate? Yes, they could. Well, you're hitting you're hitting the, the nail on the head as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I think Trumpism is racism. I don't want the democracy racism. anymore. I'm a white supremacist. I don't want the democracy anymore. So if mm. we have white people running it, democracy's okay. We're not going to have white people running it anymore? Okay, you know what? We, we, let's not have a democracy. Let's change the rules. And if you you think I'm kidding about this, okay, this is exactly no, what I'm, is going I'm on. agreeing with you 100%. Okay. Yeah. And see, this is what the MAGAs don't get in a dictatorship. Yeah, okay, for, you want to talk about the first five years? First five years, white people are okay. But then Trump, who rates people on their physical appearance, decides, 
you know what? We don't like fat white people anymore. So you guys are going to be rounded up. And that's the, that's the way it works. The reality of it is nobody does well in a dictatorship except the dictator and his henchmen. That's it. And, and by the way, it's like somebody said to me, well, you know, you're a crypto guy. Trump's going to be better for crypto. I said, no, I'm a law and order democracy guy. And so Trump is not going to be better for crypto if he destroys the legal system. Right. Trump has said that he's going to use the Department of Justice to persecute his political adversaries. Trump has said that he wants to be a dictator. He said, John, hey, at least for one day, I got to be a dictator. Trump has said if there's people on the airwaves that are against him, he wants to pull their FCC license. Mm -hmm. His attorneys Trump argue in court that he should be able to use SEAL Team 6 to assassinate his opponents yeah, and not yes, be persecuted. Trump has said that he needs full and total immunity. Mm -hmm. So therefore, he is the state, like Louis mm -hmm. XIV said, mm -hmm. and a result of which the laws do not apply to him, okay? And but but we know because we're grounded in five thousand years of historical observation, we know that we're safest when we're all subordinate to the law. Cicero said twenty two hundred years ago that we are slaves to the law in order to be free. We have to subordinate ourselves to the law. But Trump does not want that for himself and his and mm -hmm. his friends, um, and and he wants to punish his adversaries in a political system. You may have a different opinion than me, um, and you have the freedom to express that opinion, but I may have a different opinion of you. Now, if you want to demonize me for my opinion, okay, that's going on in our society now, but I don't want to demonize you. I want to have differences of opinion, and then I want to reach, if it's possible, a consensus so that we can make the country work. That's what the founders mm -hmm. wanted. That's why the system is so separated. You know, I, you know, I, there was a very... There was a meeting I had in the White House, and Andy, it happened on a Wednesday. You know, I know it was a Wednesday because I was only there for one Wednesday, okay? So I know it was a Wednesday, okay? And I'm in the Oval Office. Paul Ryan is a tall guy. Trump's a tall guy. I'm not a tall guy. I'm looking at the two of them, and Trump's telling Paul Ryan, who at that point was the Speaker of the House, you work for me. You work for me. And Ryan looks at him like, I, I actually don't work for you. I'm in a totally separate article of the constitution and don't we all work for the american people but the but the point was thank god for it okay if someone asks me what is the most important part of the u.s constitution it's not the flowery language mm -hmm. everybody has flowery language. the russians have flowery language the koreans north korean government has flowery language the most important part of the constitution is the separation of powers clause mm -hmm. Because it eliminated the potential for an autocracy. You have a guy 250 years into the experiment that has arrived, and he wants to destroy that. Okay, now Franklin Roosevelt put that down. He put down the America First movement in 1940, the Charles Lindbergh, Huey Long, Father Coughlin, America First movement. He put it down because it was a minority group of people, a fringe group of lunacy. Okay, this is still a minority group of people, and it's a fringe group of lunacy, mm -hmm. but they figured out a way to get an electoral college win in 2016. So you know what? We have to stop them. Mm -hmm. We have to stop them. We have to explain to the American people what they're doing, what they're capable of, so that independent people who are less political than perhaps you or me will say, you know, I actually don't want that mm -hmm. for myself and my family. I'll go with the stable grandfather 
versus the unstable lunatic. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, my last question is, relates to that. I want to ask you about Nikki Haley. She's gotten aggressive, not aggressive enough. What do you think of her chances of getting the nomination? Are they, are they absolutely impossible at this point? What do you think she should have and could be doing different to maybe have seen victory? Or was her candidacy doomed from the get-go? Uh, doomed from the get-go. Um, you just have to look at the numbers. Chris Christie, I supported him, but doomed from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was only one thing that Chris or, or, or uh, Governor Christie or Governor Haley could have done, and they decided they didn't want to do it. There's a very powerful voting block in this country. There's 144 million people. They vote the exact same way in every election. It's the non-voter end. Okay, and what Chris Christie and Nikki Haley needed to do is they needed to think like entrepreneurs and they needed to create a new market of Republicans. Mm-hmm. They needed to go out to independents and disaffected Republicans and said, okay, listen, uh, in order to stop Donald Trump, uh, the Republican Party's X, we got to turn it into X plus Y, and then Y needs to beat X for the primary. But now, believe it or not, Barack Obama did that. Barack Obama was up against the Clinton establishment. He was up against 30 governors that had endorsed Secretary Clinton or then Senator Clinton, but he created a whole new market. And so that market overwhelmed the Mm -hmm. establishment and Barack Obama went to the presidency. He's an entrepreneurial presidential candidate. So Nikki's not that. Chris was not that. And so they stayed in the lane of Republican and then they, they, they gently hit Trump. Chris hit him hard. He lost. She gently hitting him because she wants his supporters. Now she realizes she's not going to get his supporters, so she's hitting him a little harder. But she won't mention rape, work. and she won't mention indictments, and she won't no, mention 91 felony counts, which is insane. Also, she's uninformed. She's uninformed. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when someone asks her, well, Texas, should they secede? Texas has no right to secede from the union, mm-hmm. okay? That was, that was settled in 1869, Brown actually versus Texas, very famous Supreme Court case if you're a constitutional historian. But Texas has no right to succeed from the union. Very sorry. You're part of the fabric of the American government and you're part of the union. Uh, and uh, you know Lincoln would tell you to go scram. You're not succeeding. You may not like every policy, uh, but, but it's, a, it's a messy democracy, but you signed up for it and it's a permanent thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so, and so Nikki shouldn't be talking like that. It just shows that she's, she's uninformed. Um, but Trump... Okay, attacking Trump to his base is not a successful strategy. And so when I talk to the Biden people, expand President Biden's reach, go into the independent community. Okay, I think they're I think they're making mistakes regulatorily with things like crypto. There's 55 million uh, crypto wallets in the country. I, I don't understand why he's allowing Elizabeth Warren and Gary Gensler to slow down the financial services innovation in the country. I think it's, I think it's could potentially hurt him. Why do we need to do that? Okay. There's other things he could do on the margin to get people in the boat with him, rowing the boat with mm-hmm. him. And, and let me tell you something. Okay. You've got to put Trump lights out here. You got to knock Trump through the ropes mm-hmm. here. Okay. And hopefully that will cause a reawakening of the Republican party. Hopefully we can find somebody because you do need a two part. You need a strong two-party system. Hopefully you can find somebody who's a Republican that can rebuild and reframe the Republican Party and make it look like the beautiful, colorful mosaic of the American people. 
Uh, right now, it's a crazy MAGA cultish like peak group of angry white people. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad to hear that you think he's going to lose because I agree with you. But uh, Anthony, it's always uh, a pleasure to have you on. Your insights no, are it's great. always unique and, and highly appreciated. And I look forward to our next chat. Thanks. Well, it's always much. great to be on. I, I, I appreciate you including me, Eddie. Have an awesome week. God you bless too. you. Take care. This episode of The Back Room was edited and produced by me, Andy Ostroy. It was co-edited and co-produced by Maddie Rosenberg and co-produced by Jen Hamoud. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Hollander, and our logo was designed by Cricket Langell. And special thanks to Patricia Wind. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast, and also follow or subscribe. Until next time, keep your eyes on Washington, Hollywood, and your own backyards, and have a great week. Thank you.